0: In this episode, I sit down with my colleague, fellow coach, Leanne Lang. Most of you know Leanne as Coach Leanne, but you don't know what got her where she is today. And if you know her, you know that she's an extremely hard worker, but there's a lot more than hard work that got her where she is today. And there's a lot more than hard work that has made her the woman that she is. She gives us a behind the scenes of what it was like growing up for her and how that helped her to create a life that she knew she wanted mostly because she knew exactly what she did not want. She talks to us about her life about 10 years ago before she really shifted her health and her wellness and how she started to make fitness and nutrition a priority for herself. She gives us some really step-by-step tips into what it takes to create change. Some of it is tactical. Some of it is just like, oh yeah, I I need to figure out how to do that. And when you listen to this, first off, you're not going to be surprised that Leanne has been so successful. Second, you're going to see, you're going to see what is possible for you. And you guys know how I love showing you what is possible when you put your mind to something. And then finally, you're going to be inspired by Leanne like I am inspired by her every single day. I think we all need to be surrounded by people who lift us up and encourage us and challenge us to be our best versions. And for me, Leanne is definitely one of those people. So sit back, get to know Coach Leanne just a little bit better. And if you have any questions after today's episode, please let me know. All right, you guys. So I am talking today with my very good friend. I like to call her my best friend, even though she has other best friends. um, Leanne Lang, you guys who have done our program, you know, coach Leanne, you know how amazing she is, but I don't think everyone knows like Leanne's before story. She, to me, in my eyes, she is not the person that she was I guess maybe 10 years ago, I want to give you a little insight into that because she is a true example of, of change. Like she is possibility. Uh, Who she was is definitely not who she is today. And she is one of the people who has made these changes stick and last. And why, I mean, I love Leanne because of that. She's one of the people who inspires me because of her work ethic. You know how they say that your circle is, you know, you, the five people around you? I love having Leanne in my circle because she pushes me to do better. Leanne always has so much going on, but she never uses that as an excuse to let the things that are important to her go to the wayside. So without further ado, Leanne, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello there. I'm so excited.
0: Me too. So you guys also, I love Leanne too, because Leanne like really, really knows me. She gets to see all of the sides of me that usually are only reserved for Pat. So the fact that she sticks (laughs) around and she sees those sides is like bonus point to me. Um, as a three Enneagram, I need to be seen 100% without, I can, I don't have to wear any hat. I can just take all my hats off and be, and Leanne allows me to be that. So another reason why I love her. Um, Leanne, tell us just a little bit about yourself. I want you to tell us what you do for work because Leanne does this as her side gig. She's a coach on the side. She has a very, very, um, important, stressful job. I call it a big girl job. Tell us what you do in, in your real life job.
1: Yeah. So I am a corporate girl. I work in the corporate work setting, Um, I am what they call a controller, which is just kind of a fancy name for like a senior director in accounting, and I manage an accounting team, basically. So I work in the tech industry, and I work really hard, and I'm really proud of all the work that I've put in, Um, but with that comes some of the pressures that I don't think all 32-year-olds deal with. So... Um, Yeah, I'm super busy with my work. My career is something that's super, super important to me. Um, I don't think that I would have changed the path that I went on, Um, but, you know, it's really hard sometimes because I am passionate about a lot of different things. So when my career takes up so much time and so much effort and sometimes a lot of heart, um, it can be hard to kind of fit it all in and squeeze it all in. And then what I would call my second job is a big sister. So I have four younger sisters. And then my third job is fitness and coaching. And all three, what I would say are my main jobs. They're all like so important to kind of what completes me. Um, but, you know, the, the reality is I spend a lot of time working, right? So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, I kind of came out of college with guns blazing ready to like grow in my career and be like a really really good accountant. Um so along you know that pathway it's moved me into this this management and sometimes I have to remember that when I'm not working that I'm I don't have to always be managing everything to the level of detail that I do at work but um I'm an accountant so I like numbers. I like um being busy—that's really the the root of all of it. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this
0: is, so Leanne broke down her three roles that she plays really, really well. And while she does not have children, she does because that role of big sister is if ju- she's she plays also the role of from as as I view it as a parent as well. So she's just like so many of you who do have kids and work full time. And again, this is why she's so inspirational and aspirational because you can kind of see, okay, how does she make it work? And that's one of the best ways you can find success. Find someone who's doing what you want to do and just mimic their, their habits and, and their behaviors. So with that being said, I want you to tell us a little bit about your fitness journey. So let's talk about that. 32 years old, you manage a ton of people, but how did you get there after, where, where did you realize you went kind of astray from fitness and nutrition? Was it in college, before college, during college?
1: Yeah. So I would say that it was really from kind of the beginning before college. So I grew up in a household, um, that the best way to put it, there was a lack of structure basically. Um, so without getting too, you know, far deep into the Leanne background, um, there was a lot of fighting, lack of structure, lack of schedule. I had great family, you know, I had a lot of support with grandparents, aunts, uncles, even to a certain degree, my parents. Um, but in general, my parents weren't in that corporate kind of eight to five st- structured setting. And it kind of, um, made for a childhood of not a lot of structure. So staying up super late. Um, My parents were musicians in like rock bands playing in the bars overnight, that kind of thing. So there wasn't like a structured bedtime. Um, School was always very important, but the schedule was just all over the place basically. So, um, you know, I think from a really young age, that was happening for me. I didn't know what, like, a normal, what I would say, like, a normal schedule looked like, and um, some of that impacted, you know, relationships that I had with people and friends, because my parents were a little bit more free-spirited, and then when I moved into my teenage years, um, like, I had a lot of really cool things going on for me. I was in a lot of activities that gave me structure, but the bottom line was that there wasn't still that kind of structure or plan at home. And so it made me just a little bit distanced from what I would say is like a normal girl living in the suburbs type of life. I didn't know anything about food. I didn't know anything about working out. We didn't ski. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't, we didn't get together and hike. I see these parents, you know, around me that take their kids and go on adventures and hikes and there just wasn't a lot of that going on. My parents worked on the weekends. They worked in the evenings. I made a lot of cheese quesadillas, <laughs> made a lot of mac and cheese, <laughs> hamburger helper, that kind of thing. Um, I was surrounded by drugs and alcohol, to
0: mm-hmm. be
1: honest, um, at a pretty young age. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of, um, I would say like abuse, drug, alcohol abuse, but it was just kind of a lifestyle thing that I thought was kind of the norm. So as that brought me into my college and teenage, teenage years, you know, I was, I was ready to party, to be honest. Um, I'd been around that for a long time. And so as we all go into these college years, we like get that, that freedom away from whatever was surrounding us as a kid. Um, but it was like, oh my gosh, I'm on my own and there's no rules now. Not that there ever were that many rules to begin (laughs) with. And that kind of carried into my early twenties, to be honest. Um, I, like I said, didn't have like a super good schedule, but I think from really early on when I went into college, I started to realize that I wanted kind of a different life. I didn't know how to do that, per se. It wasn't something that kind of was instilled in me as a kid. Um, But I I knew that I wanted something a little bit different. Um, Honestly, I was so active, so busy. I begged to get out of the house all the time because my environment wasn't super... um, welcoming. And so with all that busyness and overscheduling, I was in band and choir and jazz band and musical and all these things. I was very active, but once I stepped into college and I was on my own and it was just kind of go to class and work, uh, I lost control of my body and kind of that connection. So I would say while it was something from childhood up, I Started to really struggle with a trauma I hadn't dealt with, and then B, not knowing what a scheduled, structured routine looked like in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, from there, I graduated, and I didn't. I was in. I was on the like super fast track to graduate. I was putting myself through college at a really expensive school, but with a great music scholarship. I had a lot of federal aid and that was great, but I basically needed to graduate as soon as possible in order to support myself. Mm -hmm. And I needed to support myself in basically like the cheapest way you possibly could.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so priority was get through school, get a job. And I never prioritized myself until Mm -hmm. a little bit later on. So when you add up many year, teenage years, early 20s, working, just you working your buns off, basically, then it catches up with you. <laughs> okay. So if you were to talk to Leanne 10 years ago, like Kylie mentioned, um, I was not g- super happy with how I felt. I had put on a lot of weight. And I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was very scared at that point. Um, so I, I lacked confidence with that fear. Yeah.
0: Were you scared of, like, getting back to a place where you recognized yourself? What, Where was the fear coming from?
1: Yeah, I think um, that fear was in defining myself. So okay. I had all these things that had defined me before. You know, I was a girl from the suburbs of Denver with rock star parents who was trying to find herself and I didn't know what that looked like so that fear was kind of like what is my world gonna look like you know Mm -hmm. that was really where the fear stemmed. I had some really great role models and I had great mentors in my life but I just could not figure out who Leanne was for a little while and that was that was scary. Um, Another thing that kind of developed along the way was I had um, always kind of been in, like, a relationship, (laughs) been with a person, and so it's really hard to define yourself when you're with people for a long time, or you always have, you know, a partner or a significant other, so some fear in, like, who would, who was I going to be alone, you know, like, as independent Leanne only, I think a lot of people kind of they set this definition and they get stuck in like what they think defines them. So I think that's where the fear was. The fear also, I mean, if you want me to be honest, the fear was, how am I going to pay my rent?
0: Yeah.
1: How am I going to put food, like eat good food or go to a gym? Like I just didn't have money. Right. (laughs) I had no money. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You were there. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think people realize
0: if you guys listen to this I'm telling Liam that she needs to write a book because her experience is unreal. <laughs> like people don't have these kinds of stories anymore. I feel. I don't know because I know that you put yourself through college. So you were going to school, you had a full schedule and you're also working how many hours a week?
1: Yeah, I had 3 jobs in college at one time. <laughs> Yeah. So I was working in the admission office as a tour guide. I was working in the um, the call center that calls and asks people for money. I yeah. was uh, working in the career development center. At one time, I was working in the student employment office. It was like every job I could get my hands on. Yeah. So I was working like basically the most that they'd let you. Yeah. <laughs> <as> a Student. <laughs> And then a full schedule and my music scholarship and all these things, I was, I was doing a lot, right? I was kind of diving in as deep as I could just to support myself so that I could stay in school.
0: So amazing. You guys see why she just inspires me.
1: And I hope
0: she's inspiring you too. And she's not, she, she's, I mean, I know you're picking up on this. It's not like, look at me and look what I've done. But like, it gives you a little bit of perspective, Um, we all think we have it hard, but do you really, I mean, I'm not judging. It's not a contest of who has the hardest, but it's really refreshing to hear someone who has worked so hard and is truly successful. Like you, you, you have worked your way up. Do you feel that you're successful now?
1: I do. I really feel like I've come a super long way. I would say that I made You know, I made a handful of big mistakes along the way. Some of those mistakes, um, you know, I didn't make it easy on myself by all the alcohol and the partying, you know, through college. I could have made it easier on myself there. I didn't make it easy on myself because I moved away from Denver, you know, to go to college. Um, I didn't always make it easy on myself because I I was really hard on myself, too for a long time. So, um, you know, it definitely wasn't like this. And we talk about this a lot when uh, with clients where it's not always like that linear upward path. Mm-hmm. It's not like that in anything, really. Mm-hmm. Anything that's kind of worth saying, yeah, I'm proud, I'm, I'm really proud of where I am today. It's, it's not that linear upward all the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but I'd say in general, I feel pretty dang successful that I've done a lot with what I had and more. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it takes change though because if I had just kind of coasted on what was given to me, it would have not exactly been where I landed, Mm -hmm. you know, to say the least. So, um, you kind of get what you're given and maybe that's not a lot. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you kind of have to persist, for toward change and what you actually want
0: i love that and you know as it pertains to what leanne and i do together we've all been dealt these uh genetics but your genetics do not define who you are like if you come from a family who's all overweight you are not destined to be overweight you, you have all of the tools that you can truly change. And that's, what, again, why I wanted to talk to Leanne. Not that she, her family... She comes from a small people. Leanne and her sisters are very petite. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> we are little people. We're little people. <laughs> They're little people who are all extremely intelligent and musically inclined. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable how talented all of you are. It's wild. Yeah. But um yeah,
1: it is cool. It is cool because we all have like there's there's a lot of talent going on and I, you know, some of my sisters are super gifted and we are given all these really cool things. We we're given some hard stuff too. Right. Like depression runs super deep. You know, you're up against a lot sometimes, but we're given a lot too. We're given yeah. both the good and the bad. <laughs>
0: The other day, Leanne and I were out to dinner, and I was asking her, because they're all smart, I was like, so who's the dumb sister?
1: <laughs> she would not we tell landed It landed on me. Yeah, it landed we on landed Leanne because on me.
0: she couldn't pick one out, so it must be her. <laughs> Don't tell your mom. Um, <laughs> so when did you start, and why did you start taking control of your health?
1: Yeah. So I, so I knew that I wanted to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I knew for my whole life I wanted to be healthy, but when I had an, like it was my oh shit moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think I'm allowed to say that word. Yes. You um, can all the was, I, <laughs> I got on a scale and I weighed more than I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And I know that we talk a lot about, you know, you got to get away from the scale. We want to think about our non-scale victories, um, but stepping on the scale and seeing 198 pounds, two pounds away from 200 mm-hmm. certainly woke me up. Certainly woke me up. Um, so the reality is that that's a day that I'll never forget, to be honest. How old were you, Um am? I was 23, 24. I think yep. I was 24, yeah. So I was in my pretty early 20s. Um, and my gosh, I'll never forget seeing that number down below. And I don't even know if that scale was accurate. I, I don't even know what room I was standing in on that scale, but I saw one, nine and eight. And it was just like, no, this isn't, this isn't going to work. I'm five, three, one 198 wasn't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple friends that were kind of involved in fitness and wellness. Um, My very best friend was working in a yoga studio and on top of that 198 and you know 198 is that could be your number maybe it's not your number but like that was the number that woke me up specifically Um, but on top of that I was dealing with um, just some anxiety to be to be honest some trauma I hadn't dealt with for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living with my longtime boyfriend at the time, didn't really know like what that was going to look long term. I'd moved back to Denver. I was starting to kind of slingshot in my career a little bit. But the ma- the fact of the matter was I was stressed out. I was working a lot. Um, and then to see that number on the scale, that tipped me over the edge. And so I knew that I wanted to do something different. And my, my girlfriend was working in a yoga studio at the front desk. And she was like, have you ever been to a yoga class or something like that? (laughs) It it might like might make you get into your head a little bit more and that might be tough, but it might also, you know, help you physically and feel your body a little bit more. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm never going into a yoga class. The last thing I want to do is put on yoga pants and a a tank top. I weigh 198 pounds and I'm five, three, I just wasn't, I wasn't into it to be honest. Um, but I went on a Saturday and I went to that same instructor on Saturdays. I drove all the way to Arvada. It was like a 25 minute drive from my house at the time. Mm-hmm. And I went to his class. Was Jamie mail instructor. who's Jamie. Awesome. <laughs> yep. At Green Mountain. Mm-hmm. I went to his class and he was like, a handyman type guy who was teaching yoga like this little tiny dude and he was so like he was my jam so I went to that class for like a year before I ever went into any other like fitness class or anything like that but it was the first time that I was like dang you know I can I can go to the workout and go to the yoga class or whatever and I just got really kind of amped about this like new thing that wasn't work. It wasn't my family. It wasn't work. I wasn't going with a friend or anything. And you know, I'm usually pretty kind of social outgoing. It was just me going on Saturday mornings to this yoga class and it was cool. And then I had a friend who like did a yoga teacher training. She's like, I gotta teach these classes to my friends. Why don't you just come to my free classes? And I had to drive all the way to Denver to do it. And at the time I was living in the Burbs. And it just kind of started there for me, because it was the first time that I was doing something, not because someone was telling me to, not because I I had no like guilt or pressure to do it. I had no work commitment to it, no family commitment to it. I was just going and doing this thing on the weekends when I didn't feel that I was too busy to do it. And and it worked. It worked really well Mm -hmm. for a long time. And then I started to see things happen on that scale. <laughs> and I know we don't want to like be set in that scale. And but the reality is you're if you are concerned with your weight, you're gonna step on the scale. Yeah. That's what happens. So I started to see things happening and, and then I started to get really excited about that and got more and more involved in fitness and I committed. Big time. Um, and, you know, I really think this is a point that I wanted to make today is that you've got to have this guilt free commitment mm-hmm. to what you're trying to do. Um, and this is more than just like, it's more than showing up, but that's the biggest part of it. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, there. It really is. <laughs> yeah, like you just you can't say you're gonna do it because that's not enough, right? Mm-hmm. But then and you can't just plan on doing it. The plan is key to getting it done, but you can't just do that. You have to just freaking show up. Mm-hmm. You have to show up. And even when you aren't really sure you want to, or you don't you know know you don't want to or you're tired or you feel like crap or you had a bad day or whatever it is, honestly. If you're not showing up, it's it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So the minute that I started showing up and making the drive and showing up to you know early classes when I hate, I you know, nobody belongs being nobody should be up when it's dark. Agreed. (laughs) Nobody, nobody, I hope nobody's getting up when it's dark, but I know that some of you have to in order to show up. Mm -hmm. And and that was what I had to do. I had, I had to get up when it was flipping dark out and I hated it, but I knew that it was just kind of how I was going to do it to show up. Mm-hmm. And then once you start showing up and you start seeing what you want to see, then you keep coming, mm-hmm. <laughs> You yeah. keep going. So yeah, I think um, for anyone that kind of, Ask how did you change how did you lose all the weight how did you change your life I knew what I didn't want which was this life of no structure and Mm -hmm. kind of goals I knew that I needed to be tough and show up even when I didn't want to and then, um, we touched on it when you asked about, you know, 10 years ago, Leanne, but I knew that I was going to have to let go of the past and whatever I thought had already defined me
0: mm-hmm.
1: in order to make changes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So know what you don't want, be tough and let go of the past.
0: Uh, that last one is really, really powerful. I was, um, when I did my high performance coaching certification, Something came up in one of our like practice breakout sessions and I was talking about this thing and the guy that was practice coaching me, he was like, you've got to let that go because you will not be able to get to your next level until you let go of this thing that's holding you back. And that's what catapulted me to go to therapy because I knew I couldn't get rid of it by myself. But all of us, whether it is, you know, an old relationship or an old belief that you have about yourself, you have to let it go because it is holding you back. And that shit is so powerful. Yep. Do you feel yeah. that you let go completely? Because I'm still kind of working on what I'm supposed to be letting go of.
1: Yeah, I don't think I have completely let go of all of it. And mm. that's, that's what I have to be excited about in my path moving forward from here you know there's no like ceiling to where you're going i you asked if i feel like i'm successful and of course i feel like i've made a huge gain and i'm super successful in the changes that i've made but i'm really excited about what i still have to do you know yeah. in the future so i'm no i would say that i haven't necessarily let go of a lot of things um You always joke, everyone needs therapy. I couldn't agree more. And it's really hard to completely disconnect from trauma that you may have had along your life or the things people told you or what your mother told you, you know, your whole life. So it's not that you're ever gonna get past that, but I sure as hell I'm not gonna let it define me. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. We get to we because we get to define who we are. Yes. And absolutely. that's like, I love that you just said that. Like, it's limitless. It really is. And see, this is why Leanne and I vibe so well, because we are so on the same wavelength. I feel, I cannot speak for Leanne, but I feel like we lift each other up. This is why you have to have friends that are first off vibrating at least the same frequency as you, because you cannot have anybody holding you down. If you have someone holding you down, you got to get rid. So speaking of that, Leanne... Exactly. Do you did you have friends that you kind of had to transition away from, or what, what did what did that look like? Because I know you're a social butterfly.
1: Yeah, so i I didn't have as many friends that I had to kind of get rid of. I I have had really great friends along the way, and there's certainly friends that have fallen off the path. There's friends that I'm not going to talk with as often. You know, just because I like to catch up with them, but they're just not someone I would I want to be in touch with all the time. And you know, it's okay to have acquaintances and friends and know people and have your you know network. Of course, that's important in my world. More importantly, though, I had to let go of, and I don't know that everyone listening here is going to agree with this a hundred percent. I had to let go of some family relationships, to be honest. Um, and some of those were difficult because you, you don't choose your family and family's family. I will always be my dad's daughter for sure. But that is a person that I had to delete from my everyday life. Um, and like I said, not everyone's going to agree with that. Some people may say, you know, you need to get back in touch with your dad before you don't have your dad around anymore. I do talk with him, um, but he's not somebody that helps me be my best version, you know, best version of me. Mm -hmm. So that is someone that I personally decided to, um, not be in constant contact with. Mm -hmm. I think you need, I mean, your family, those are the people that obviously you don't choose them, but you don't have to be defined by those people either. You don't have to be defined by them. So, um, you know, that's obviously a really tough and hard decision that I made, mm-hmm. but nothing that I would ever regret. And, and really it boils down to being the best decision for the both of us. Mm-hmm. And so the answer is yes, <laughs> not in the friend's way, yeah. but you know, yeah, I had to cut relationships out of my life to, to make, um, me being able to define myself, uh, mm-hmm. attainable
0: yeah and what she she says I think was really powerful um the best version of herself that's something that you I think we always have to keep in mind as we're making decisions like is this serving my either my current best self or my future best self, and if it's not serving that person, why are we doing it? If it's not adding exactly. to our life, it's taking away so yep, cut it loose,
1: yeah. And honestly, I gained a lot of perspective and insight from that relationship. So obviously that was a super valuable experience and me being able to toughen up and, and do what I need to do throughout my life. Um, so I don't regret that part, you know, at all, but I don't need to have that relationship to be my best version yeah. at, at this point in my life.
0: <laughs> right. Tony Robbins has, has a quote. He says, you, you know, if, in order to love your life, you can't hate the decision or the experiences that have made you who you are. And I love that. I am so grateful for every experience, good and bad, in my life because it's all learning. And clearly, if you had grown up in a cushy environment, you would not be the person that you are.
1: Exactly. I mean, you yeah. would not
0: be this tough as nails, but she's also very sensitive. <laughs> woman. I <am. laughs> She's very sensitive. Do not be fooled. <laughs> I am sensitive, too. Another yeah, reason I would agree with that. Very much. So, as you were changing, okay, you're going to yoga, you guys, quick side note. So, I taught at that yoga studio, and Jamie was actually one of my students, too. And Jamie took me trail running. because we became friends. I mean, this guy, God, I need to text him. After I had my son, he texted me and he was like, Brooks is so beautiful. It's such a small world, but also no coincidence that we, it's just, it's too, it's too close.
1: Right? (laughs) Yeah. Too yeah, close. we've got some weird connections here, Kylie. We've got strange. some weird
0: connections. Yeah, such know. strange connections. When did you start changing your eating habits? Or did you?
1: Yeah. Um so I well, I definitely changed my eating habits. Um I started changing my eating habits it was a few years ago. Um and I joined an online program. It was Kylie's program. <laughs> And I had just moved across halfway across the country from Denver. My husband took a job in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Tulsa, I tell you, is a special place. Um, It was the last place I wanted to end up. I'll tell you that. Um, But it was a pleasant surprise in my life, to be honest. Um, You know, sometimes you need to... Branch out and do something different and that's not just for the sake of doing something different. Sometimes you find something about you that you wouldn't have found with that type of life change. So we packed up and we moved away from Denver and I am Denver all the way like born and raised in Denver, Colorado. I would have, I didn't want to leave ever. I didn't want to leave my sisters. I didn't want to leave you know, our families here in Denver, but we went to Tulsa, which is like one of the hottest humid places I've ever had to live. And we went there and we lived in this apartment and I was working remotely all the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna join this online program. I'm just going to, like, I know this girl, Kylie, she's super cool. I've known her for a long time through random friends and gyms and places we've been together. And I'm going to join this online program. And I learned this was just, I don't know, what was that? Like four and a half years ago, something like that. Um, I, this was the first time I ever looked at nutrition, Mm -hmm. you know, like what I was eating. Um, I didn't eat great for most of my life. Uh, There was, you know, quite a bit of alcohol going on at that point in my life and before. And I had never heard of macronutrients. I had never heard of tracking food. I'd never heard of any of this stuff. And I joined this online program and it was the August Shred program, if I remember correctly. (laughs) Yes. And we just kind of dove in and I started to see like incredible changes in my body because I was like already a numbers person kind of, you know, ready to log and track and, you know, accountant brain and applying that to what I was eating and some pretty amazing things started to transform within my body. So that was when I started looking into what I was eating and then, um, I did kind of the fat loss macro cycle, which I think a lot of clients that we work with have experienced before. And, you know, I actually, Kylie, I don't remember why we took this approach with my macros, but I wasn't on a super aggressive fat loss macros. I was eating 1,886 calories for like a while on fat loss macros, and I was seeing incredible results. I lost like 35 pounds with macros tracking alone. It was insane. And eating
0: 1,800 so, calories on her little 5-3 yes. frame.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was eating over, yeah, it was over 1,850 calories. And so that was working and I was being, I was able to sustain it because the calories was high enough. I was mm-hmm. active, which was great. I was taking classes, but I was never hungry. I was never starving. And like, I had this incredible success with fat loss macro.
0: And now she coaches people with macros too. So I do. Yeah. And <laughs> she's a great coach. She helped one of our clients who's been having some trouble with consistency. She got her back on track and um, she lost five pounds in like the last two
1: weeks, maybe. Yay. Yeah. She's doing great. It's, it's I've got so- a couple clients that I'm just blown away with. I, like, I love working with clients who are working fat loss macros, or they're working reverse diets, or I do like working with clients tracking, um, just because that was something that I was, you know, really, I experienced a lot for myself. Um, I think not everyone has to track, Mm -hmm. of course, but those clients can be super fun, um, just, just given kind of what experience I had and the experiences I've had coaching. So yeah, I I work with one on one with some clients with the VIP program and it's super fulfilling and I I really like it a lot. Yeah.
0: It is very, very fulfilling. And I agree, like I can coach people too that aren't macros, but it's just so nice having the data. Like are you hitting these numbers? And if you're not hitting them, why? And if you but if you are, then we can make decisions like based on what's happening. So please hit your numbers <laughs> so we can make. Next Just try. Time. Just try. try. Yep. But we understand that it's hard and we're not going to, we're not really going to go into too much about coaching today, but I mean, we're both human and we, we understand this is not easy, um, but it can be done. It is possible. That is the point.
1: Yep. Um, so speaking of, and, you know, I, I think, oh yeah, I was just going to say like that just you trying is seriously the point. And when you're working with a coach, like, um, you know, if we're working one-on-one or if you're working one-on-one with any coach, really, it's really important to understand like the coach you're working with, they kind of, <laughs> they know what might, they may know what it feels like for those things that are holding you back. Right. Cause coaches go through it, too. I go through it now. I, we've talked a lot about what I went through, you know, up to this coaching point. So keep in mind, like, your coaches, yeah, we kind of know what those factors may be that are holding you back as well. Absolutely. Because
0: a coach is a coach for a reason. Chances are they've had some sort of issue with this that they've overcome themselves. And that's why they want to share the good word. Because once you turn that corner, you're like, oh my gosh, everybody must know about this. I must help everyone that I can. That's how I feel about it. When I hear about mostly women, you know, doing these crazy things and they're all very smart women. They're all so smart and successful, but they're falling. This is the one area of their life that they just can't get a hold of. And I love helping them finally get a hold of it. Um, yep. what, the one thing I wanted to ask Leanne about today in regards to coaching clients is what, um, what do you see clients doing or not doing that is holding them back from being successful in their own journey?
1: Yep. Um, so first thing that came to mind with this question is that I see clients held back by their shit, whatever's going on in their life. Um, and I think a lot of times this translates or is um, perceived as like their excuse, but it's really like all their shit that they're dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. Their kid, their family, their schedule, their work, their all these things. And you know what, you got to acknowledge You got a lot of stuff going on Mm -hmm. and sure, we can talk about how to prioritize those things and we can talk about how to plan and schedule, but if you've got a lot of shit going on, Mm -hmm. it's gonna, it's gonna hold you back. Mm -hmm. Um, I think rather than think about how can those things not hold you back, we have to talk about skills and um, tactics for moving forward through the shit because the shit's not going to go away to be honest. Um, So that's one thing. Yes. Yeah. And then the other thing, and Kylie and I were joking about this in an earlier conversation as well, but the weekends are definitely holding our clients back. If you are, I mean, I, I get it. I am working my tail off all week long. You're getting up early through the week. You're working late. You're sitting through 8,000 meetings, whatever it is, you get to the weekend and you're like, holy cow, I just need a break, right? So you wanna chill over the weekend and that weekend certainly can hold you back. So again, the weekend's not going away. Saturday and Sunday are gonna come every single freaking week. Thank heavens, they're gonna come every week. But you've gotta figure out how am I gonna get through that weekend without the guilt? Mm -hmm. Um, if you're thinking about anything that's making you guilty, you got to think about a different way to approach that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the third thing I think of is guilt, holding people back. Mm -hmm. If you spend all the time thinking about the guilt and not, you know, what am I going to, what's the one thing I'm going to do to break through the weekend? Mm -hmm. If you are stuck on that, what? happened, that past. We talked about this in, you know, when I was talking about how I changed. If you're stuck in the guilt, the past, that's Mm going to hold you back. A couple other things that come to mind that I, I mean, we hear it from, we hear a lot of things from clients, but waiting for the right time or some kind of sign to get started. Mm -hmm. um, That is going to hold you back because it's never going to be perfect time it's really never going to be perfect time. Um, There's always a vacation. There's always an event. There's always somebody in some type of crisis around you, somewhere you need to step in, some meeting, some deadline, like those things. And really the recurring theme with all these things holding you back, they're not things you're going to get rid of. (laughs) None of them. It goes back to your shit. You got to figure out ways. Yeah, it goes back to your shit. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And then... I think the last thing that I think is really important that's holding clients back to think about is are you putting everyone else in front of yourself? Um, Mm -hmm. So we wanna take care of everyone around us. Mm -hmm. We wanna be the hero. We want to provide we want to be the role model, the strongest person in the room, the, most, the smartest person, the boss, the manager, whatever it is. If you are putting everyone else in front of your own needs and the investment you make in yourself, whether it be with a trainer, a coach, a program, whatever that is, mm-hmm. um, the reality is you're not going to be put in front if you're not putting yourself in front sometimes. Mm-hmm. So um, that's going to hold you back. (laughs) So how can we change that? Mm -hmm. We, you know, we know what we don't want for ourselves. We know that we need to be tough and we know we got to let go of the past in order to put ourselves first.
0: Yeah, that really is so important. You have to be selfish. No one is going to tell you, no, go ahead take your lunch workout no you know what leave early go to that yoga class no if you don't offer it up they will it's not that they're taking advantage of you but they're like oh no she's got it Lana always stays in business it's fine so you have to like set those boundaries i know boundaries are hard for a lot of us um but they will pay off and it goes back to like are you creating the life that you want and one of the best ways you do that is your first point in the very beginning is knowing what you don't want. A lot of us have a hard time. If I said, okay, Barbara, tell me what your, your perfect life is. What do you want to be doing? Like, Oh God, I don't know, but they know what they don't want. So that's a great place to start and then go back from there. Um, this is such great stuff. Before we, we wrap up, I want to talk real quick about your move to Tulsa because you you, they Don't ever underestimate the power of new, moving to a new place. You get to reinvent yourself because your reality is now totally new. And Dr. Joe Dispenza totally. talks a lot about this. Like, if you want something different, create your a new reality. Start your morning a different way. Take a different way to work. Eat a different breakfast. Do something that sparks that change. When I moved to Denver, I totally recreated myself. I couldn't have done that in Dallas. I had to move somewhere to do that. And I mean, that was the best thing I ever could have done. So yeah, that's really powerful.
1: Sometimes a move like that. I mean, you feel like you're turning your whole life upside down, Mm -hmm. but like Kylie said, you have an opportunity to recreate yourself and it doesn't have to be a big move. You can recreate yourself in all sorts of ways. You know, you can go, cut your hair off and recreate yourself for all, like, fine, you mm-hmm. could, uh, uh, you know, change your hair color and recreate yourself. I gave two hair examples, but try something brand new. You got to get kind of past what you're already doing sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is also holding you back is you think you need to keep doing what, you're be- what you've been doing. But if you're asking yourself this question to begin with, that might be the telltale sign that you need to recreate yourself and define yourself without the past Mm -hmm. holding you back.
0: And it's like, I have chills because it is so possible. Like I have shown you guys so many people, Leanne, Ashley, Richard. I mean, everybody, everybody that you've heard from on this podcast has changed their life. Like a total 180. So it's just a matter of you doing the things. Working through your shit. Because like you said too, um, it's not going away. I mean, I love Leanne as an example. There's a lot of women who work as much as Leanne. And whether they have siblings they're taking care of her children, that's your life. So we need to figure out how to make it work for your life. Unless you want to change your life. But I don't think you're going to be able to get rid of your job and your kids. So how are we going to do this?
1: <laughs> you could, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> right. Tell you what, move to Tulsa. So leave your kids. <laughs> leave your kids with Kylie. No, I think I she not. wants more. <laughs> do not,
0: unless they come to do chores. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I hope you guys are fired up after listening to this. Change is so possible it's, I mean, it's insane how change is possible. And like right now with everything, everything being so up in the air in COVID-19 quarantine, whatever, with everything up in the air, when it comes back down, you can put the pieces together where you want them. So if you didn't like what was happening before, now's your chance. Rearrange.
1: Yep. Totally. Any final thoughts, Coach Leanne? Oh gosh. I mean, I just have so many thoughts. I'm fired up too, honestly, you know, um, talking with you, Kylie, and it's so cool to see like, um, this group of people that I've surrounded myself with and made my friends. And, um, you know, these are the people that fire me up and I hope that you can find those people in, in your life. You know, for everyone listening, I hope you find those people that fire you up and, help you to see kind of who you want to be and help you to define yourself. And I I think surrounding yourself with the right people. And I know Kylie's talked about this before in other talks, you got to surround yourself with the right people and, and and you're going to feel good about, you know, the, the role that you play in defining yourself. So um, I'm fired up to see that people are liking these topics and they want to make changes and Clients are reaching out and saying, "Hey, you know, this is what I want to do. How can you help me? Reach out to people who know what they're doing, you know that's that's so important, so um, yeah, that's really my final thoughts, and it was super fun, you know well, yeah, this is the first of several. Day-to-day.
0: let's be honest, because <laughs> I need to you guys need to hear Lianne saying there's a lot of things we still need to know about Leanne <laughs> because we didn't even talk yeah. about. Coming back from knee surgery, we did not talk about, um, you know, your powerlifting competition. So we have so much more to talk about.
1: Yeah. Prepare yourselves, everyone. (laughs) Prepare yourselves. (laughs) Prepare yourselves. All (laughs) right,
0: Leanne. Well, I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. Thank you so much for sharing just a little bit of your story and giving people some insight because nobody knows. You don't know someone's backstory. Don't assume you know because you don't know right. Cool. All right, sister. Well, I will talk to you tomorrow and um, I cannot wait to get this up and share it with the world, all 150 listeners.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Bye, Leah. Right, thank you. Uh, thank Bye. you. Bye.